Yo. One, the bandwagon radio in full swing. You know how we do this thing, man. Hit that bell, subscribe right now so you can get those notifications when we drop a new episode like this one right here. Another special edition of the rundown segment right here on the bandwagon radio, where I myself, Jay Prague, sits down with artists across the globe and give them a chance to open up about their music, their personal life, and of course, you know, before the end of the show is out, we got to drop that new heat. Got a special guest on the phone lines today, hailing all the way from Bentonville, Arkansas. My man, Sean Esray is on the phone line. Sean, what's going on, bro? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Man, my pleasure. My pleasure, brother. I had a chance to check out the new record, Better at Being Lonely. Yes. Yes, sir. We're going to talk about it. I, I got some great feedback for you myself, just as an avid fan of music. So I want to uh, let you introduce it a little later on. But before we get into that, we're going to do this interview. And then I want to give you some feedback of what I thought of the record myself, just as a fan of music, okay? okay? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. My man. Love my to man. hear it. All right, cool. So first and foremost, for all my listeners out there, let's go ahead and start talking to my listeners a little bit about uh, you growing up. Are you originally from Arkansas? No, I'm from East Texas, so uh, okay. around Longview, Tyler, East Texas. Um, our claim to fame around there is Matthew McConaughey grew up yep. around there. Yes, so. sir. <laughs> that's what we'd like to brag about. But. <laughs> so that's where you were actually born uh, originally? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I moved up to Arkansas um, for college and then stuck around. Gotcha, gotcha. That's normally how that works. The same for me. <laughs> I lived yeah. in South Carolina, navigated to North Carolina on the border of South Carolina for college and loved North Carolina right across the border, so I stayed. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's normally how that works. So, okay, so then you, you essentially found your music side, your, 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 your artistry in Arkansas. Is that safe to say? Yeah, so, well... Um, I've been growing up playing music all my life. Like okay. um, my mom played and we kind of had a little family band and we play around Texas and we had a lot of friends um, we played with and had a little band um, and then just kind of further developed as I moved to Arkansas and like met some people who were really good musicians and got to hang around them and play with them and just continuing to develop my music skills. Right. right. Okay. So 
essentially Arkansas is what helped to groom, I guess, then more or less yeah. the, the artistry. Yeah, I think that's an accurate statement. Okay. All right. Cool. So now talking about this record, that, that leads us to this record, your, your most recent uh, release of Better at Being Lonely, uh, a dope record. Uh, like I said, we'll talk about it in a second. But first and foremost, I kind of want to ask this question. What was the purpose of this song in particular in your mind? Yeah, so I uh, had the opportunity to take an online um, songwriting course by Ryan Tedder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was actually came from that class. Um, um, I wrote this class as an assignment or wrote this song as an assignment for that class. And so that was, that was kind of the starting off point for this song. But um, yeah, I wanted to write like kind of a vibey um, indie pop sounding song. That was a little bit melancholy. Mm-hmm. And so this is what came out of that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, now as the artist, the creator and writer of this, this piece, what, what feelings were you trying to, pull from the listener what what type of emotions would you say you're trying to pull out of the listener with this record yeah just a little bit of like longing and kind of wistfulness and kind of thinking back on a relationship that maybe didn't work out Mm -hmm. i feel like i feel like that's something that we can all relate to because in some way or another we've had relationships whether romantic or otherwise that uh, didn't quite work out the way we wanted to and it's kind of about uh just finding your footing and moving on from that using it essentially as a stepping stone in growth, something to use to get over something. Yeah. Now, from doing the research and listening to your music, I I do get a sense that you like to kind of connect on an emotional level with the audience. Is that that safe to say? Yeah, I like to... um, I'm kind of interested in, like, like a lot of songs that'll have, like, um, kind of an upbeat sound to them, but then it's like you listen to them and they're really kind of heartbreaking. It's mm-hmm. like, um, it's like you're kind of like just kind of moving along to the song. And you're like, yeah, this is really nice, and then you start listening. And you're like, oh, this is actually really sad. <laughs> um, and and that's something I was really interested in is just that juxtaposition of just kind of these sad lyrics mixed with um, almost like happy music. Right. It's almost like putting on a front. And really, you're like inside. You have this maybe this hurt that you're not fully showing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Um, so uh, now, knowing your background a little more, that the writing class, uh, you know, the family band, and then transitioning, moving for college, and now kind of, uh, I guess, taking the craft to the next level, refining the craft, if you will. Um, yeah. Why is the writing process so important to you? Because I can tell that that is very important uh, when it comes to your your music. Um, I can tell you take that part serious, even going through the oh, classes, thanks. but then listening to the lyrics, I can tell. Yeah, so it's it's really about just being able to like express the type of music that I like to listen to. And like, I don't want to just write something that, you know, like you might dance to or whatever and then just move on from. It's something that, the songs that stick to me, like not only have like a good beat or groove, they also lyrically have something that you can relate to. And um, maybe even if you haven't personally experienced what the lyrics are talking about, you can understand where the, the singer or the writer was coming from. And so for me, it's about essentially just carving out um, my own musical space and like what I want to, what I want to do with my music. 
Talking to Sean Esray right now, Bentonville, Arkansas, on the phone lines right now. Uh, let me ask you this. How is your area responding to the record since the release? I, I feel like I've gotten a good response from um, the local scene and, like, um, the people I've showed it to and uh, people I respect musically have really responded positively to it. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, I think I'm going to take this time. Let me let me give you a little feedback real quick of what I thought of the record, too, uh, before okay. we move on. Um, <clears throat> so I could... I got like this '80s influence kind of sound, if if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, kind of a rhythmic and pop kind of vibe with the record. Um, it's a feel-good record, like you said. It, it, although the the content may go one way, the record itself is almost celebratory, if that makes sense as well. Um, right. Inspirational and motivational. Uh, great writing overall. Smooth melodies with this record. Very thought-provoking lyrics and subject matter. That's pre- pretty much what we just spoke about, and then the relatableness. Oh, of the content and subject matter. Um, definitely some substance in there. And you can be empowered by this record and still dance to it. I think that you kind of found a, 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 a pocket, if you will. Like you just you just explained it. Like you might be talking about something that might be sad or dark. However, your your delivery of it is in such a, a fun, you know what I'm saying, up-tempo kind of vibe right. that it, it makes you almost forget about the problems in a sense. Um, yeah. So I can definitely hear this on the radio, and I think it has potential to, you know, a crossover potential to even touch soundtracks and different, you know, platforms. Um, so a lot of good things going on with the record. I think, it, like you said, it, it can touch you in any different way based on the lyrics or based on the mood or the tempo of the of the production and the beat. Even I think you can you can gravitate to the record off of different vibes of the record. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. I I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, uh, I feel like it's it's nice to hear you say that because that was that was pretty much exactly what I was going for with the the feel of the um, song, and so it's nice to, that that's coming across. But right. the '80s vibe, especially, like I just really like the sound of like Juno synths, mm-hmm. and so it's not it's not even like a deliberate like I want to make this an '80s record. I just like that sound a lot, and so it ends up um, kind of coming through in my music like initially when i sat down to write this i was thinking more like an acoustic song and so like the a little bit of like acoustic guitar you can hear in the background is mm-hmm. what i started with yep. and then i i put the synth in there and i was like oh no this is this is what this song needs to be and so that's kind of where that direction started to lean more towards that way and i just kind of let it happen yeah. well now kudos i mean i i love the, the 80s music myself personally like yeah. that pop and even it's a the great rock. era for music yeah man that era for music all genres for that matter like every every yeah. genre was really popping during that time as far as mm-hmm. the artistry and the creativity and and the dancing and the movement like the energy itself was was dope during that time so yeah I, I could get that sense of wanting to kind of relive that moment that time that energy if you will that that's that that right. makes sense to me yeah, I love like kind of bringing like the the sounds of that era into like modern recording and production values. So you have this really crisp sounding um, record, but with like '80s influences and that sound right. design of the '80s. Yeah, I think that's dope. So let me ask you this: like, who are some of those people that kind of influenced you musically 
as you were coming up, as you wanted to, you know, before the family band and all that, like what inspired you guys musically? What were you listening to? Yeah. So we, uh, we grew up playing a lot of bluegrass, which uh, may not come across in this song, but, uh, that's, that's what I grew up listening to. Like I listened to a lot of Allison Krauss and Union Station, Nickel Creek. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a lot of like, for me, it was a lot of bands that were really pushing the boundaries of that genre and something I really respected. And they were just musically incredible. And so like, regardless of genre they were just great musicians and that was something that i always um appreciated about them and then you know moving on i kind of started listening more to pop and then i um play a lot in church and so i um listen to a lot of worship music and so power ballads are kind of my sweet spot where i feel most comfortable but um yeah so it's kind of a lot of interesting influences mixed together um, I don't know how how much that shows up in my current music, but nah, that's I what I grew little, up. I definitely on. got a sense of that, even with this record too. Um, oh yeah, the influences. Yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely picked up a little bit on that. Um, that I I could tell that you were inspired by different influences. That's kind of why I asked that because you you seem like you have a a great understanding holistically. Uh, of how to put a song together, how to make a song, and it, it, I don't know if that, right. if that was from the song class itself, but I mean, you you have a record, you know what I'm saying, and that that's the I work in radio outside of you know just doing these interviews and working with developing artists. I actually work in radio, and so when I hear a record that I know has that potential to hit the airwaves um, on a consistent mm-hmm. basis, I like to you know inform the person that you, you you might have something here, you know, <laughs> stick with right. it. You got something here. Put some more speed <laughs> behind it. Keep pushing it. This one could yeah. be something for you. You know what I'm saying? It has oh, potential. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. No doubt. No doubt. Um, so now let me ask you this. How, how does a recording session with you look? What What, what, what is a, a, a session? If we had to sit down with you, if we were on the road with you right now and you were about to go do a studio session, like what would that session look like? How do you prepare to yeah, record? So, so typically I have like my bedroom studio set up. Um, that's where I feel most comfortable. But okay. um yeah, so I usually start out by trying to find like a vibe of the type of song that I want. And sometimes I'll have ideas already. And so I'll start just kind of laying down like a like a four, eight bar loop of something that sounds interesting to me. And I'll try to develop that. And like, like this song, I started out with the idea to do something acoustic. And so I started with my guitar just playing something and then like took it in a completely different direction as I added more stuff. And then once I have like kind of a general idea of what I want the song to sound like, I'll start getting some melody ideas and start kind of hum singing that over it. And then once I have a good idea of like the melody and the vibe and I'll start to lay down an arrangement and then, um, and hopefully that inspires me to write some lyrics and, um, then I'll go from there and write that out and then record the lyrics and have a, have a demo and then I'm able to kind of flesh it out and finalize it from there. Gotcha. So you, you prefer, and I mean, I know with the pandemic, a lot of people have, you know, the home studios and things of that nature too. So, you know, it, it, it benefits you when you actually already prefer to be in the, in the right. privacy of your own home anyway. Like, yeah, <laughs> I bet that was, you know, when the pandemic hit, you were like, she, I'm right in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> 
I don't have to go nowhere. Yeah, this is it, baby. Yeah, exactly. I <laughs> can <laughs> just sit in my room and make some music. Right. It's not too bad. Right. <laughs> Matter of fact, you know what? Restroom break time. Matter of fact, I'm hungry. Let yeah. me take a break. Let me go get some eat. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me ask you this. As an artist yourself, how, how do you feel about the climate of today's artistry and music that you're hearing out here? Like, how do you feel about it yourself? You know, honestly, I think it's a really good era for music. There's a lot of super talented people right now that are getting um, a lot of a lot of attention. Like Olivia Rodrigo is amazing; Ooh, she's yeah. blowing up. Yes, I love I love Charlie Puth. Like he's really inspirational mm-hmm. with the way he uh, produces his own stuff and like writes it, and um, and like Billie Eilish and Eilish. her brother Phineas. Like they're literally bedroom uh, pop people and that's like super inspiring for me because it's like you have some of the people at the top of the charts like essentially doing the same process that i'm doing and so it's really just interesting to see that now let me ask you this does that change how you approach making your music at all i think um from an inspiration level like trying to just pick up what i can from them and like um incorporated into my workflow but um yeah but it's just for me it's just encouraging that you don't necessarily need like a big recording studio or like anything like that in order to make high quality music now being that you're an artist and the writer and and i i like to highlight the writing aspect because you know that's a very important piece of of the puzzle when it comes to just putting together a song from a to z right the writing process is going to be key um what do you enjoy or appreciate most about that writing process i i really enjoy like once i have a concept being able to like fully flesh that out and dive in and kind of draw inspiration from like my personal experiences and kind of infuse that into my lyrics Mm -hmm. um the hardest part is like you know coming up with that concept and like feeling like it's actually strong enough to carry a song um but like once once you get that down it's like it's kind of downhill skiing from there and like really being able to dive in and like I like to start with a chorus and get, get that super strong. And so I can use that as reference to like flesh out the rest of the song and like make sure I'm always drawing back to the concept and like everything's relating to that. And so it all, it all flows together and like you're telling a cohesive story. Now, with all these different things going on in the world, you know, we had the COVID-19, which we're still dealing with. We had the most recent elections, uh, social injustice. Right. I'm, I'm sure, you you know, you have a family, you have friends, you're an artist. There's a lot going on. You're trying to handle it all. How do you make it all work? How do you juggle everything and, and still find the time to push your, your artistry? Yeah, so that is challenging, and, like, it weighs heavy on me, like, everything that's happening and, um, and uh the people that are struggling and uh, hopefully like I can use my artistry to maybe speak to people and like uplift them through this and maybe be a positive voice in the world currently. Now that definitely makes sense. I mean, utilizing your platform, especially when you see that you have that influence and that power to help the situation. Yeah. Right. Are there any people that deserve some acknowledgments or shout outs, mentions, if you will, for their support or help on the latest project and single? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd like to shout out my family for being encouraging and, uh, you know, for um, helping me develop my musicality and always playing with me and all that stuff. Um, some friends, Kyle Jackson's been a been a good friend and uh, um, helping me talk to release strategies and things like that. Um, yeah, just friends and family have been super supportive through the process, and I'm really appreciative of that. Now, I got to ask you a, a slightly personal question, and, and this it ties into the artistry, however, but I like to ask this question to artists because I like to get a sense of who they are as a person, their character, essentially. Um, yeah. And I think this this question can kind of, it, it helps me get a better idea, my listeners a better idea of the, the person, not just the artist. So I got to ask, are you afraid of failure? Afraid of failure? Um, yeah, like not completing no, your musical mission. I don't think so. It's, I mean, essentially success is failing over and over again until you get it right. Ooh. So it's like, I don't think you can get anywhere without failing. Right. It's like, hopefully the idea is to like learn and grow from your failures and continue to get better and like understand why you failed and not just acknowledge that you did fail, but like maybe use that as a, as a means to get better and improve on what you're doing. Nah, that's a good answer, brother. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and that's why I said it, it from a personal standpoint, because it gives us a chance to kind of go a little deeper than just the artistry and, and see how you really think, how you feel. Right. Because you know? this is big. I mean, everybody's not going to be that number one artist, right? Everybody's yeah. not going to be the top producer in the world. Everybody's not going to get those number one spots. However, that's not to negate that there is no positioning for you. There's always there's always opportunity. It's just about where you want to be on that totem pole of opportunity. And then, like you said, learning from those mistakes to at least help you get as far as you can on that totem pole as far as height right. is concerned. I think that's that's key. Yeah, but, yeah, but I think you sure. answered it right, though. I think that your answer was was as right as it can get. Like you're supposed to accept, you know, the failure in the sense of learning from it and then moving on to win. Yeah, and hopefully that failure doesn't like paralyze you to where you just give up and like are hopeless. But yeah. it's like, you know, you want to set your goals high and then, you know, but not make that so like important to where to where you can't move on if you don't um, achieve those goals. Right. Yeah, yeah man. All right. Talking to Sean Esray right now. Bentonville, Arkansas is on the phone lines. Got a few more questions before we introduce the new single, Better at Being Lonely. Um, how important is it to you, uh, or, or what's most important, I should say, to you when it comes to releasing your music and your projects? What are some of those top-tier things that are like, must-haves or these things must be done when it comes to releasing my project yeah um for me it's like i mean ultimately i make the music because i enjoy the process of making the music and i i just love having like something that i've created and can listen to and uh, put it out in the world and hopefully somebody else relates to it and enjoys it as much as i do um, but yeah, for me in terms of like release strategy, you know, hopefully finding an audience on like Spotify or streaming services and, um, just trying to promote it in any way that I can that, uh, helps it find an audience and land with somebody. Now from the artist standpoint, what, what is your ultimate goal in the music industry? What do you want to see ha happen for you in your career? 
yeah, if I could uh, make a comfortable living just making music and, like, putting it out in the world, like, that would be uh, the best thing possible, I think. I mean, obviously, I have, like, you know, like, the dreams of being, like, a chart-topping artist or whatever, but it's, like, ultimately, it's, like, um, if I could turn, like, this passion project into, like, something that actually is sustainable um that would be amazing that would still be essentially a win (laughs) (laughs) yeah to to live your life as an artist like you'd want to and not have to work any other odd jobs or do anything else to to be able to take care of yourself and your whole family off of what you enjoy doing your craft your love right exactly that's the that's the dream right Okay. So what's up and coming for you, Sean? Anything our listeners should be on the lookout for? Any visuals? Anything that's on the verge? Yeah, I've uh, got some new music I'm working on. I'm trying to polish up and get ready for a release. So look out for some more music coming your way. Real soon. You heard him. You heard him. Go ahead and give out that social media real quick so my listeners can follow, fam. Yeah, you can follow... Follow me on Instagram at Sean underscore SRE, uh, TikTok at Sean SRE92, um, Spotify Sean SRE, YouTube Sean SRE, anywhere music is streamed. Uh, you can just check my name out and I'll be there. You heard it first right here. The bandwagon Radio, I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce the new single right quick, Sean. Yes, this is uh, Better at Being Lonely. Um, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. And that's right. Turn it up right now. Hearing it first right here on the bandwagon radio. Let's go. Do I ever come across your mind? Cause I. Missing you 